When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. You're proud of it. Of course, you appreciate it. But the thing that you're proud of is all those games are mostly just like that. You know, preseason games that people want to write write about, some of you in here want to write about and say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on the field. And yet you have the audacity to say that the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me that was meaningless out there what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? You know, I can't respect anybody that says that. Paul John Harbaugh, tell your dad I said hi. Woo! boy there's that flash you know the thinking in league circles has been for years that john harbaugh is every bit as intense if not more intense than his brother jim it's just that john does a better job most of the time of keeping it together right every once in a while like when they kick the plug out of the wall at super bowl 47 in the superdome when the when the Ravens are up big and there goes the lead after a 20-minute break in the game. Every once in a while, he loses his mind. And he just, there's an edge there. You know, he plays the you never played the game card. And, I mean, come on, you didn't play Lamar Jackson last night. Your backups are in there. And we know the backups are always trying to win or they're trying to at least execute their assignments so they continue to be employed. I don't know that they care about winning the game as much as they care about playing well enough that the film looks good, that they'll have a job tomorrow, and if not, There, they'll have a job somewhere else. They're concerned about how they grade out for the game. They could care less about who wins the game. They're trying to get a job on a roster. So I think the winning is just kind of an accidental thing that maybe the guys who are on the field at the end of the game try to make it happen, and the commanders did. They drove down the field. They got the 49-yard field goal. It was exciting, but it's still a meaningless preseason game. And it is meaningless as it relates to the hard reset we're going to see when week one rolls around and we forget about everything that happened in the preseason. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is. But again, at the same time, when we talked about it, it, it sets a, a culture and competitiveness and, you know, gets, gets some good vibes in the building. That's real, too. I can tell you that, you know, going through a preseason with a team that's 0-3 or 0-4 and you get to the regular season, you're kind of like, ah, you know, I know that was a preseason, but man, I wish we would have got to feel like what one win was like a little bit just to get that in the building. So there is some things there. To your point, too, though, there's also some guys in the fourth quarter of that game last night where you go, you know, hey, sorry, John Harbaugh. A lot of those guys aren't even going to be on your team. So I, it's it's not, you know, totally important. Like you said, it's more about the film and all that. Um, but there is some importance to these games. 
And one of the things we saw last night was extremely important. Sam Howell was phenomenal. I I know it wasn't the starting Ravens defense, but how could you not be encouraged by the way Sam, Sam Howell looked last night if you're a Washington Commanders fan? I mean, one, poise through the ball, great. Makes plays outside the pocket, can escape and play some backyard football. Doesn't get outside of the pocket too quickly. Will hang in there and wait at times when they was collapsing and go, oh, I'll wait. Somebody's about to come open. Right there. Like, even great patience there. And then he's got the strength to break some arm tackles and make some plays like that. I mean, that's how a first-team offense is supposed to look against a second-team defense. And, man, that was very impressive by Sam Howell. Can't say enough positive things about the way he looked last night. Yeah, and I agree with you. And look, it's what we needed to see. It's what he needed to do. It was confidence. It was going through the progressions. He got in trouble a few times. And right. for the most part, he was able to work his way out of it. He did. There was one awkward moment. You just worry about guys getting injured in the preseason. He was getting hit by a few different guys. But, you know, he also got out of traffic a few times. So he can move well. He was throwing it well. Dummy Brown. Yeah. Your guy from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Remember, who was it that was somebody was crapping on him, some receiver, because like he'd done well and Dommy Brown had not. Was it? Oh, uh, it was, was Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown? Brown. It was last year, right? Yeah. He was very yeah. annoyed because he hard knows knocks. all the guys that were taken right. in front of him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All the guys taken in front of him. And, and then there was something, somebody on Twitter went after Brown during the season. I can't remember specifically, but it was kind of like, whatever happened to him? Well, now he's back with his teammate from North Carolina and maybe something's going to happen there. Terry McLaurin looked good. Uh, they all, the whole offense looked good when Sam Howell was out there. That's exactly what the commanders needed to see. And, you know, as it relates to the other side of this coin, yeah. I remember when Denny Green became the head coach of the Vikings in 1992, and they needed a hard cultural reset. And they went 4-0 in the preseason, and they shut out the Washington football team on their own field, defending Super Bowl champions who had just won the Super Bowl in Minnesota. They shut about 30 to nothing. And there was an exuberance and an excitement in that last preseason game because the team had changed the culture. So from the commander's perspective, I mean, we can goof on the Ravens for attaching significance to something that really doesn't mean anything. But from the commander's perspective, as they're trying to turn the page on Dan Snyder, as they're trying to reinforce these good feelings in the team, they took down a local rival. Yeah, that's right you know, play once every four years and maybe more often than that, given this new 17th game schedule. And they ended their streak and we feel good about Sam Howell and we feel good about everything. And Dan Snyder's still not the owner. So it just underscores that euphoria that, that is permeating the fan base in Washington. Yeah. There's something to, you know, vibe, vibe on there in Washington. Sam Howell looked good. Their receivers, holy crap, Ola Batman. You better watch out. If that O-line can block like we saw last night, and again, I know that was a lot of second-teamers, they're going to be dangerous. And then the last piece of that puzzle is Eric B. Enemy. Yeah, that's right. Look at that. Eric B. Enemy setting the culture. Yeah, he's tough. 
Yeah, they work hard. Damn, they look good. Oh, damn, that's as good as that offense has looked in the preseason in I don't know how many years. I wonder why that is. Man, maybe it's work and toughness and detail. Oh, that's right. That's what Eric Bieniemy brings to the table. Damn, I can't believe that happened. I mean, so good for him, too. You know, it's showing the, the fruits of his labor there. And, and that's where I'm, I'm happy for Washington. Washington is one of those teams that we don't talk about in the playoffs, you know, a whole lot. But you really look at them, you question the O-line, we question the quarterback. But tight end, receiver, D-line, linebackers, they've improved the secondary. You look at them and go, could they be one of those teams that jumps on the scene here? So I'm, I'm interested to see, but uh, very happy with the way that offense looked for Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell and those damn receivers. I just hope Terry McLaurin and his toe injury is okay. That was the only negative of the night for the offense. Yeah, the x-rays were negative on that toe injury, and that only tells us part of the story. He doesn't have a broken bone. It right. doesn't tell us whether or not the ligaments are messed up. There was a, a celebration in the booth last night when they said the x-rays were negative. I mean, come on. Haven't we seen enough times over the years Turf that a guy's x-rays are negative when ankle or toe or, or knee, it doesn't matter if a bone isn't broken. It's the ligaments that can be the problem. Uh, yes, it, it's that. That's the problem. It, it's it's the ligaments get stretched out to such a way that they never tighten up to their normal, you know, elasticity that you had before the injury. And then the toe ooh, bothers ooh, you forever. Fancy. I've had slight turf toe issues before in my life. What would you like? My word, elasticity. There is that what the elasticity. Word? Yeah, thank yes. you. Thank wow. you. But yeah, it's a it, five syllables. <laughs> Look at five that. Five syllables. I know. One more than marijuana. <laughs> yeah, right. Those are my favorite four syllables. But but either way, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those injuries that you worry about because it can linger forever. It can linger like truly forever. Let alone a football Patrick season. Patrick Holmes, yeah. all year long. Right. All year long, got to get surgery on it. Exactly right. Next year's wearing a metal plate in his cleat and still trying to fix it into the next season. So uh, I hope he's okay. But, you know, that offense, it's got some potential. McLaurin's a superstar. Dotson, you could tell, knows how to run routes and play the game. Deami Brown looks confident. Howell ain't afraid to hang in there and throw the ball into some tight windows. He ain't afraid to hang in there and take a shot to throw the ball. And, you know, like even talking to my dad last night, he's like, the personality of the kid, you got to like that too. You got to. Yeah. He's got a way about him that I think is, you know, a cocky, a cocky humbleness, right? Like we talk about with Joe Burrow sometimes that I do think you, you can feel it. It kind of permeates through the team. So good for Washington. Hope they can keep the, the momentum going. After one of the touchdown passes, the touchdown pass to Yami Brown, and they, they, you know, yeah, they, they started doing the things going. with the camera. That's what Howell I mean. was right exactly there. Right. Howell was right there. Exactly right. Yeah. He's got something to him. Uh, and, and, you know, th- hey, that's why it, give the guy a shot. They saw something in the personality. They've seen him work. He's obviously improved in some areas coming out of the draft. One of the things in the draft, Mike, I I liked him in a lot of ways. I thought he was a poor man's Baker Mayfield, maybe bigger and stronger and can break more tackles, but didn't throw the ball quite to the capacity. Baker Mayfield had a nice deep ball, but missed too many other throws where you're just like, damn, you're too good, but he's fixed all that. 
I mean, in the last night, he just striped one ball after another. I mean, the first, you know, they get a sack. It's third and 15. Boom, over the middle. Just stripe it in there. So uh, I, I really like the way it looked is what I'm saying. And by the way, one of your favorites in this year's draft, Zay Flowers, Ooh. the Ravens rookie first rounder on the opening drive, two catches, 37 yards, including a 26-yard catch and run for a touchdown, had a barreled his way into the end zone after the game. Josh Johnson, who threw that pass, said that Zay Flowers injects life into the whole team. There's his first catch, and here comes the touchdown. After getting another look at it, did, you know that one's that one's basic meat and potatoes, but it's a first down. Anytime you catch a ball and get a first down, that's a good play in football. Here he is. He takes this one Woo! and he goes 20 plus yards with it, a little cut to the inside and My just barrels his way in. My Reckless man. abandon. Touchdown, Ravens. They got him. They got OBJ. They got Isaiah Likely. They got Mark Andrews. They got Nelson Aguilar. Man. Yeah. Man. Man. It's going to be wild to see what the Ravens do man. this year. They open up with the Houston Texans. I think the Houston Texans had better hold on to their butts, as Samuel <laughs> L. Jackson once said. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be right. a rocky ride for them week one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hold on to your butts. That's right. Man, all you hear about, whether it's TV, talk to somebody down there in Baltimore, somebody that's watched practice, is Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers. He's the number one thing that comes out of everybody's mouth when they talk about Baltimore right now. <laughs> How's OBJ feel about that, I wonder? Well, that's a different issue altogether. That, that, you know, that, that's all right. But <laughs> That but, used to be me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you saw last night, like even on that first catch last night, you know, that's the first rounder, Emmanuel Forbes. He ran 4-3 at the Combine. The coverage wasn't like, it wasn't bad. It was tight. Josh Johnson had the confidence of Zay Flowers in that tight window. Was going to come back to the ball, get it. And you could tell with Zay Flowers, like right there, I went, oh, this is more than just your normal rookie who just like, oh, wants to catch the ball. And, oh, I caught one, right? And they go to the ground. He was, he was hell-bent on, I'm going to catch the ball, and I'm going to do something after it no matter where this guy is next to me trying to get it. And then, of course, you saw that in the touchdown. Uh, he – He's got a lot of Jalen Waddle, except I think he's even faster than Jalen Waddle. Uh, he's got some special, special qualities. And I think, if, again, like I said in the draft, if he was in Alabama with all that, he would have been a top 10 pick. I don't really doubt that. But he was in Boston College where they still run an offense from 1994, you know, and things were a little different. And it wasn't always easy for him that way. But, man, the potential looks real, Mike. Let's take a break. When we return, uh, speaking of offensive firepower in the AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, offense looking good in the preseason. How will it look in the regular season? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, Deontay Johnson, Steelers receiver. He said the offense has shown a glimpse. We'll put it on display Week one, Chris, we talked about this yesterday. You like what you've seen from Kenny Pickett in the passing game so far through two preseason games. His stats are off the charts. Five touchdown passes, no interceptions. They were supposed to be ground and pound and play defense this year. Pickett may be forcing them away from it. So where will the Steelers' offense rank this year? We're going to play a little game here of top third, middle third, bottom third with several different teams. We're going to start with Pittsburgh's offense. Will it be top third, Middle third or bottom third. And I think I misspoke. Pickett has three touchdown passes, I believe, not five in the preseason. But top, middle, or bottom? I, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say top third. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna ride the wave here right now from what I've seen. I know it's preseason football, 
But every year, you know, there's teams that look a certain way in the preseason, and it carries over to the regular season where you go, damn, why didn't I, you know, I saw how good they were playing. Why didn't I kind of jump on that bandwagon and ride that into the regular season? And I think this is real. I think there's something real around this football team in general right now. They got a good positive mojo, but yeah, I just think with the way the old lines look, those receivers, damn big Darnell Washington at tight end to go along with Fryermuth, and the way Kenny Pickett looks, I'm going to take the top third, Mike. Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator who gets criticized all the time for the performance of the offense, says the game is slowing down for Kenny Pickett. That's why you get him on the field last year. That's right. I remember saying this last year when they were going to go with Mitchell Trubisky. Go with the guy that you drafted. Let him get the reps. Let him get the practice, the experience, and the game slowed down. You accelerate his career, and you get yourself to a point where he's better sooner. And he's paying the dividends that we now see. I'm going to go top third as well because, you know, we talk about offensive and defensive units in a vacuum sometimes. But one thing that's going to help the Steelers' offense is that defense. And the defense is going to give them good field position. It's going to give them more opportunities to get out on the field. That defense is very good underrated defense it's still Pittsburgh it's still Mike Tomlin it's still TJ Watt it's still Cameron Hayward that defense is going to make the offense even better so I'm with you top third yeah I I mean you know again that just Tomlin seems like he's got his guys you know ready to go and you know the the offensive line was the question Pickett second year question you're right the defense is creative and always a pain in the butt uh, they got T.J. Watt and Highsmith as pass rushers. Damn, they, you know, like we always talk about with Pittsburgh, right? They have the eye for receiver, and they always, you know, Calvin Austin, you saw him return the punt again after an amazing first week in the preseason against the Bucks. He's going to be a pain in the butt in the slot. But then Nate Herbig, Mike, the, the outside linebacker from Wisconsin, He's just a bigger, more physical man than I thought coming out of Wisconsin. I mean, they got another guy behind Highsmith and T.J. Watt where it's like if one of them can't play a week or two, they're going to be able to go, hey, you can play and get two or three sacks in this game. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, Pittsburgh's got a little mojo going. Mike Tomlin's got, got the poker real close to their butt, and they're feeling it, and they're practicing and playing hard. And again, and again, everybody's all juiced up about the Lions because they started poorly last year and they turned it around and almost made it the puffs. The Steelers did the same thing. <laughs> they did the same thing. They have the tradition of winning. They have won six Super Bowls. I th- and Mike Tom has never had a losing season. So bet against them at your own peril. See, I, I brought it with me today. I had it yesterday. There you I didn't go. Have Look it at you today. today. I was looking for it. I got, you got it today. Jordans um, and the terrible towel today. I got, all, got all types top. of tricks. I'm carrot top today. I got other props. <laughs> what else do I have here? Um, so, so believe in the Steelers, folks. Now, are you believing in them as a potential division champion with the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns competing with them? Or are you just saying they could get into the playoffs? I think that's more of where I am. I don't know if I'm ready to put them in the playoff conversation there. I mean, in the win the division conversation, but I can, I can really honestly say before the year or before preseason started, no Pittsburgh was not going to be in my top seven AFC playoff football teams. But the way they've looked through two preseason games, uh, they're definitely going to make me reconsider. You know, they, they look like they could be one of those teams where, yeah, preseason was good. They set a culture, and it was the jump off for the regular season and got them going that way. So uh, they're, they're in the mix, Mike, that's for sure.
Week one, at home, 49ers, 1 o'clock Eastern man, game. Man, which, two crazy coaches but, who are psychos in a, ba- a good way, and their teams are both go, wait, we like to out-hit the other one on the field. And, yeah, good little let's get this year started off the right foot. You're right, Mike. That's going to be fun. That That's going to be the one that I think we have the audio on in the viewing room at 1 o'clock Eastern on the first Sunday of the season because that's the one that really stands out, especially as the, as the Steelers are showing us something good in the preseason. All right, let's talk about the Falcons. Where will their overall offensive weapons rank this year? We're doing the top, middle, bottom, third thing. But when you consider everything they have and you throw in Desmond Ritter as the guy who's the quarterback, that's the one big question mark. Where do you think that's going to come down offensively for the Falcons? I, definitely going to be a better offense, right? You know, at the quarterback position, yeah, it's inexperienced with Desmond Ritter, but I, you know, I don't think it's a downgrade from where they were last year. I think you could pick up some things in leadership, and you know, even as a thrower, you know, as we saw the other night, Marcus Mariota is just not a great thrower of the football. Ritter, I think, potentially has the, the potential to be a better, more consistent thrower than he is. I'm going to say middle third with this group, Mike. I'm not ready to launch them into the top eleven or you know, top ten or eleven offense in football. No way. But where I could see it being is a top. You know, 10 top five rushing offense and an offense that is leading the league maybe in time of possession and playing a style of football like that, but like realistically ranked like 14th or 15th in offense and football. That's kind of, if I had my crystal ball, that's what I would say happens. I think you said it perfectly because look. They're still not among the most talented teams in football. So when you're not among the most talented, you try to shorten the game. You've got the weapons to run the ball. You've got the ability to hold the ball, to play keep away from a team that may have a better offense than you overall or a better quarterback, right. a more accomplished quarterback. Right. This is about building some confidence, taking advantage of what B. John Robinson can do. Let those guys do the thing on the ground. Pass, uh, you know, Run to set up the pass, not pass to set up the run. We see so many teams pass to set up the run nowadays. I think that, that the Falcons are set up to run to set up the pass. And they could be middle of the pack, and that'll be fine. They could still win the division. Wide open NFC South. All right, the Eagles' defense. Question mark there, because the offense, we know it's good. They've got new coordinators on both sides of the ball, but Nick Sirianni is an offensive guy, not a defensive guy. Sean Desai in charge of the defense now. Where will their defense rank? Top third, middle third, bottom third, losing Five of 11 starters from 2022. Uh, it, it, it's, yeah, they lost to some, but they got starters and studs. They're growing on freaking trees there in Philadelphia. I'm definitely going top third. I mean, I'd be shocked if they're not in the top five or four again. First off, I think Sean Desai, a D coordinator, is going to be a good thing. Uh, his defense, they do a lot of stuff. He was very good in Chicago in those years. I think they're going to be a pain in the butt schematically. In fact, they might be more of a pain in the butt schematically with Sean Desai than they were with Jonathan Gannon. Not in fact, they will be, I think. Now, yeah, there's some inexperience there. We got the linebacker question. We got the safety question. That's it. The D-line, it's them and the 49ers for the best D-line in football. And and what's scary is their second D-line is a starting D-line. So, you know, b- with both of those teams. But the Eagles, I mean, they're, they're phenomenal there. It's It's unreal. 
the fact that Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, Jordan, I mean, you know, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. I mean, I can't even name them all. And I know every guy on the damn team. It's just, it's unreal. And then the corners are legit. So I'd be shocked, Mike, if they're outside the top five. I'd be disappointed if they were. Yeah, I agree with you as well. And they practice against that offense too, which makes That's them right. better and yeah. more prepared to right. deal with the teams they'll be facing when the games start. Let's go ahead and take a break. Mac Jones, Patriots quarterback, discussed how things are going with his new offensive coordinator who is not using crayons and safety scissors in putting together the playbook this year. More PFT Live right after this. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Yeah, saw a little bit of Taylor. Um, Mm, That's my guy. We were wondering about that. Um, And... uh, yeah, that was about it. Did you enjoy it? Did you get rained out? Were you at that show? That was pretty impressive. Yeah. She, yeah. Killed it. She's tough, man. She just stood <laughs> out there and played right through it. Who would have guessed Bill Belichick a Swifty? The Swifties are everywhere, though. I didn't realize. I guess if you're going to play in stadiums, there's going to be nights when it rains. There's going to be nights when you got to play that guitar. Even though it's, I can't imagine doing that. Well, I that's I, 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 I thought the same thing. Playing a guitar when it's dry, I can't imagine playing it when it's wet. Well, yeah, it, it, it's electric, isn't it? it? It does all seem crazy, yeah. uh, but man, I, I've never seen anything like it. I don't ever remember. I'm, I'm dead serious. Any summer ever, where one performer just hijacked the whole summer no matter what city she went to, and it still stayed in the national media, not just in the city. They were like, hey, she's in Philadelphia. It's a national show. And, you know, and we were talking about that. Oh, she's in Boston now. Whoa, let's check in nationally. I mean, holy cow. How much money did she make this summer? $70 zillion? I mean, it's unreal. I, I, don't, I don't know. What because, do you think? Because, what do you, you pocket know, every, if you're that? Well, what is, it? What is, what is well, that? But, but that's the thing. Yeah. The gross and what the performer gets are two different things. You got a lot of expenses for the show. You got a lot of people reaching to try to get a little here, I'm try sure. to get a little there, try to get a little there. But she, she seems to be a very astute business person. Yeah. And, you know, like so many performers, young in their careers, they get screwed and then they learn from it and then they take charge of their lives and their careers. So my guess is she's doing just fine and she works for it. The long concerts, like three and a half hours, 40 songs. That's like Springsteen in his heyday type stuff. So here it is. The total gross from the Eras tour was over one billion dollars. Taylor Swift made 300 
million. Damn. So she's still only getting 30% of the take. And, and again, there's expenses and there's costs and there's others who get paid, and that's fine. But you'd like to think that the reason the people are paying all that money would result in more than 30% of that money going into the person's pocket. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. You would think there'd be a little bit more there, but yeah. Uh, the I, only reason uh, they're there is for her. Yeah. She should be getting more than 30%. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. I, I can't disagree. Uh, she's doing okay. And then, and then once she pays her state taxes and once she pays her federal taxes, she's probably got $160 million when it's all said and done. Not that anyone is going to shed tears for, but that's a hell of a lot of money that just gets handed over in taxes. That's a hell of a lot of money. You got to work hard to take home 160 million. You got to make 300 million to take home 160 million. All right, anyway, enough of that. Um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, who will not be making $300 million during the course of his NFL career, but can still do okay. He's in a better spot this year than last year because Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator. No longer Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in the sandbox trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with the offense. And it's, it's not their fault. They never should have been given that assignment last year anyway. Now it's O'Brien. And here's what Mac Jones had to say to Albert Breer of SI.com about O'Brien. We're definitely on the same page. We're building that trust. That's one thing that's big between the quarterback and the coordinator, regardless of who it is. He has to trust you, and then you have to be able to trust him. He's super real. He's a straight-up guy. Not only as a coach, but as a person, I think the unit most importantly feels the same way as I do, in that we have a lot of trust in him to work things out throughout the season i think trust he said that over and over again trust 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 there wasn't trust last year with matt patricia and it's not that matt patricia is an untrustworthy person it's matt patricia didn't have the offensive acumen that a quarterback could trust right that's right it's not you don't you can't blame joe judge or matt patricia they were thrown into a no-win situation and they did their best and but, but that was tough on them i mean of course it was Trust, you know, you hear me say all the time between the quarterback, the quarterback coach, the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, right? He wants to feel like that O coordinator's in in the fight with him, in the game with him to a degree. That's what a good OC does. You know, he makes you feel like, hey, yeah, I'm on your side here. And when you do something wrong, hey, my name's Billy O, and I'm from the New England, Boston area anyways. And I tell you, hey, you know, dumbass, what the hell were you doing there, right? Okay, let's get better at it. Billy O's got a great touch that way of being straightforward, in your face, can say what needs to be said. But again, you feel like, hey, he's saying this for a good reason. He wants me to be better. And I think that's what he's got. And then he's got answers on top of that. And he's got a coach that realistically knows what's realistic to ask of a quarterback too. That's what can happen too at, you know, when you have an inexperienced OC. They, oh, why didn't you do this? And you want to be like, well, there was a guy in my face and this guy was here and they're, you know, they can be sometimes hard headed that way. Billy O's been doing this his whole life. He'll understand that the game's not perfect. Playing the position is not perfect. And he's given Mac Jones answers, I'm sure, within the offense that he didn't have last year. And that's where that trust is, is big. Even with that, though, yeah, the Patriots are a middle-of-the-pack team. They really are, especially in the AFC. I think we've done this before. I don't know whether it was you or whether it was Miles Simmons on a Friday, but the idea of let's look at where the Patriots fit yeah. among the other teams mm-hmm. in the AFC. On paper, on paper, they're fourth in their division. Now, we know the game isn't played on paper or with paper, but – they're still going into this season 
with a much different vibe than they had in the past. I've said before, they used to be the Globetrotters and the other three teams in the division were the Washington Generals. They're the Generals this year. And the other three teams are the Globetrotters. So Bill Belichick can overcome that. Bill O'Brien can overcome it. But they are middle of the pack, at best, in the AFC. And they are a team that I would look at when you consider the schedule this year. It's going to be very tough for them to even get to the playoffs. And I really wonder what that's going to mean moving forward if these Patriots don't get to the playoffs, even with a better offense, even with a better overall team than last year. Yeah, I It know. may just be there's two. We're just talking about the Steelers. I mean, there's only going to be seven teams out of the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Chargers. Are you freaking kidding me? Only seven of those teams are getting in. And I didn't even mention the Patriots. I know. So I know. On paper, be, you're you're exactly it's, right. It's good. It's good that Mac Jones is happy now, because that might not last long. At least this year, when he's pissed, it won't be directed at the offensive coordinator. But he may not be very happy this year. No, I, I mean we'll see. Uh, I think the first thing is is on paper, you're right. It's middle of the pack in the AFC at best. Okay, in the AFC East. I mean, come on. We talked about this a lot. The Dolphins have one of the five best rosters in football. I think the Jets have one of the five best rosters in football. And, of course, the Bills are no slouch. Now, the silver lining for the, the, the Patriots is that D is good, and it should be good, and it's well coached. And it was top ten last year, even with that shit offense. So you think now that this year, That's but the, today. you know, I know I'm going to roll the day. two to one, right? And, but you got two, I got one, but, but, the, but you would think with that offense being better this year, that'll only help the defense out too, let alone. They made some additions over there. And as we know too, and this is why football's the best. That's why football is awesome. That this is where coaching comes into play. Oh yeah. Our, our roster is, you know, middle of the pack, but I came up with a game plan that it, it closed that gap against the number two team in the AFC. And here I am and it's late in the fourth quarter and we're up by two points. So I I don't want to count them out by any stretch of the imagination. I think they're a good football team, but yeah, to, to wonder how good, I think that's fair. And and I got to see that offense in action and, and see where that goes before you make any bold proclamations. Eagles at home right out of the gates. Are you kidding me? The defending NFC champions, far superior on paper to the Patriots. That's week one. That's Tom Brady day. The Dolphins, Sunday night football, week two in Foxborough. At the Jets, week three. At the Cowboys, week four. Might be the hardest first four of the year. Right. That might be. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. They get the. They get the Saints and Raiders that they should win both of those. They could be, they could be, let's say they'll win one of those first four games and go one and three, right? Three and three when they face the Bills and Dolphins back to back. I mean, look, they got some games on there they can win. They got some games they can win. They're not going to be horrible. They do have one of the all-time great coaches, but this schedule has a far different vibe than Patriots schedules of past years because Bills, Dolphins, Jets are no longer the easy out that they once were. No, that, that, that's right. That's right. And that's where, you know, they're going to have to play smart football. They're going to have to do things. They were in a lot of games last year, and we saw them do unpatriot-like things to lose those games. 
whether it was Mac Jones throwing interceptions against Baltimore when they kind of had control of the game, the Minnesota game on Thanksgiving where it looked like they were controlling the game a little bit, and all of a sudden it's a blown coverage, a kickoff return for a touchdown, the Bills at the end of the year. They were out playing the Bills in Week 18. They were going to beat them if Naheem Hines doesn't return two kicks. You know, So they did a lot of that. And that's where I give them a fighting chance. That Eagles game week one, here's the one that it's dangerous. I mean, first off, it's Bill Belichick with a whole preseason to get ready for you. Seven, and, seven months to get ready. Exactly. And they do have a good secondary and some big people up front to where their defense, I would be shocked if they don't hang in there against Philadelphia a little bit. It's going to be about that offense and what they can do. And can they run the ball? Philly, you could run the ball a little on Philly last year. Can they do that? Um, but, man, they, they got to, like you said, salvage something early in that first four games to where they're not so far out of it they can't get back into the race. Eagles get to see Zeke again right out of the gates, and Zeke goes back to Dallas October 1 when the Patriots play the Cowboys there. So, Patriots, they will be relevant this year. How good will they be? We'll see. When we return... Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be doing something he hasn't done for five years, which means it's not take psychedelics or sit in a dark room for five days. And it's Hard Knocks night. Tune in. Get your popcorn, Florio. Hard Knocks. Great show. You didn't show. watch it last week. I did, too, you didn't watch, watch it. it last week. I didn't watch it live. Liar. I watched it the next night. Did you watch it? <laughs> I did watch it. The next afternoon, I win, just like the Ravens in the preseason. <laughs> I have to. I, <laughs> I told you it's not a look thing. It's I literally sweat in my eyes and can't see. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers giving Zach Wilson a little advice, and there's Zach Wilson. We don't know whether or not he was wearing the headband, but that was a sick run. Oh look. Look at that. that and was, there he goes, 35 yeah. yards, showing off the skills that made him the second overall pick. And he lowers the boom at the tail end. Uh, Aaron hey. Rodgers is very happy with that. That I mean, good he didn't have sweat in his eyes. I know, right. Good thing run. he had he never would have done it if kid. he had sweat in his eyes. Karate Kid headband. But, I mean, to get out of the pocket with the spin move, to break down Nelson on the edge, break his ankles, and then have the speed to restart and go up the sideline, I mean... This is why they're not giving up on this guy. This guy has done too many things in, in you know three training camps where they go, there's not many people in football that can do it. He's a different guy this preseason. You can see he's got a little support. He's got an offensive coordinator who's been there before. You know, he's he's got a guy in Rodgers who's taking pressure off him and can show him how to do it a little bit. And you know, like I've always said, I'm not giving up on Zach Wilson. I still think there, there's something or he'll have something to say about his career when it's all said and done here. He's taken pressure off of him. Is that you what I said? He's taken pressure off of him. That's right. <laughs> he's took it. He took it. It's Horns gone. down. Horns down on that <laughs> yeah, one. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Somebody <laughs> failed you. Somebody failed you. Uh, many people. I failed many people. They didn't fail me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, and it really, look, I'm impressed that Zach Wilson had the self-awareness and the maturity to recognize. Instead of being pissed, instead of blaming somebody else, 
insisting on a trade, a fresh start. He was content. He's content to take the back seat. He's content to be emasculated. He's content to be benched for Aaron Rodgers. One year, two years. I don't know if it's going to be three years. Let's say two years. And then they work it out where he takes over. This is working so far. They haven't played a regular season game yet. They haven't encountered any adversity, which is inevitable. But so far, it's looking pretty damn good. And maybe they can finally hit the hard reset on this guy and get something out of him. It would be unprecedented that a quarterback that flamed out, hung around, reverted to backup, and then, boom, he becomes the starter and plays well for the team that drafted him. Well, yeah, it, it is. It is unprecedented. But, you know, we're seeing, you know, and, and hopefully people are realizing, these guys need some help. The other team in New York, they're, they're a great example. Daniel Jones has been good. It's hard to be good when you're surrounded by crap the first three years of your career. I mean, crap, like we, we used to laugh about. It wasn't like a bad O-line. It was the worst O-line in football, and it wasn't even close his first three years in football. So he had no chance. But now they got the right coach to support him. They got a little talent around him. And now you look at Daniel Jones, and he comes down the field, and you're going, well, they're going to go right down the field and score again here. He's a machine now. And that's what you hope for Zach Wilson. And, and hopefully teams realize that, yeah, these guys with talent, it, it, hang in there with them. Not everybody's mature enough to just be ready to go year one, week one. And, and in this situation, yeah, he wasn't ready for that. And then, of course, he had a first-time head coach and an offensive coordinator who never called plays in his life, and he had to deal with that, and that's not easy to overcome as a young player. We mentioned Aaron Rodgers will be doing something he hasn't done in five years. That is play in a preseason game. He will play in the preseason finale against the Jets. Just don't put him back in the fourth quarter to try to win that Snoopy trophy like Rex Ryan once did with Mark Sanchez and injured his shoulder. (laughs) Right. So get him in, get him out, get him ready for week one, Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's it. I think it's the smart thing, though. I do think it's good to get him out there. Uh, and, you know, one, the Jets fans will be disappointed because it's a Giants home game, I'm pretty sure. And, right, it's going to be more Giant fans there than Jet fans. But it's still, uh, it still should be a great atmosphere. But I think it is the right move even for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? We saw Tom Brady play in the preseason when he went to the Bucks. Get that newness out of there, right? I wouldn't want to be going to the line of scrimmage the first time of my whole Jets career in Monday Night Football against a big-time division rival and still be working out ooh, some of the emotions and cobwebs and just getting ready to the for the what it feels like to be on the field again. Even for an Aaron Rodgers, I would think it's important to get out there and just feel the atmosphere. Be in the, the huddle with your team for the first time and let them see your eyes when it's real and see the intensity that, that you have or the calmness, whatever it may be. Uh, I, I think it's the right thing to do for the Jets. I think it's a smart decision. All right, let's take a break. When we return, today's draft, the teams that have the most urgency to figure something out before week one. We'll do that next here on PFT. Brandon Cooks, licensed pilot. He took Michael Parsons and Stephon Gilmore out for a ride over Seattle before their preseason game against the Seahawks. That is a propeller on that plane. (laughs) I've been up in one of those. You did? 
You went up in one of those? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, 1986. Never again. I used to be fascinated with flying until I went up in one of those. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, my gosh. It's so loud. It's so loud. I mean, you definitely need the headset. It is so loud in that thing. And if there's any wind at all, it lands cockeyed, which was terrifying. I I had a I had a head. I still remember how it felt. I had a migraine after doing that tiny little thing and flew over. I was I was working out in California at the time. I was in a co-op program in college. Flew over the the Cal Stadium, and it was full. It was wild. Wow. I mean, not right over it, but you yeah. could see it down there. They were playing a game. It right. was wild. It was a Saturday in the fall of '86. But yeah. That was something. I can't even believe planes. that. I can't even believe that. No. I, I can't imagine you ever yep. even entertaining the thought of getting on a plane like that. I, I'm really shocked to yeah. hear that. I Once. am. Once. Yeah. Well, yeah. twice. Had to get back. <laughs> thought about thought about hitchhiking back, but had to get back. So couldn't call an Uber back in those days. I mean, All if right, I was um, driving the plane, would it make you feel any better if it was uh, you know driving oh, that plane? Hell no. No, <laughs> yeah. God no. First of all, you can't fit in it. You'd be in there and your head be all crooked down and yeah, no, I, uh, no. No, that would not be a, a, a that would not be a, a an enhancer to the deal. Okay. Um Teams that need to get their shit together. That's what they put in. (laughs) That's the name of the draft. So, uh, Chris, you're up. Who needs to get their stuff together? Oh, gosh. That's, that's, uh, it is, it is funny. You know what? I'm going to go to a team that, again, I don't have high expectations here, but it needs to look better. All right. And that's where I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers Uh, and, and, and just the overall look of Bryce Young. I, that that's to me the thing that you got to sell and keep building here, and you'd like it to look a little bit better in preseason week three to just get the bad taste out of your mouth, get some positive things going, have your team go, oh look, look what he did, look at this success, ooh, we're ready for week one, we can do that. So that's one where they haven't protected him well, and he hasn't looked great, certainly not like the number one pick, and they haven't really sustained any big-time drives yet. That, they're, they're my first pick, Mike. And look, we're focusing this on the last week of the preseason, but there isn't a whole lot of work that's going to be done by the starters in the last week of the preseason. So I'm just being more general here. The Rams need to get their offensive line figured out. They don't know where they're going to play Joe Noteboom. He hasn't been practicing. Is he going to be guard? Is he going to be tackle? They want their best five out there. How good are their best five? And their offense isn't going to be able to do anything if they don't have better performance out of their offensive line than they did last year. And I don't know how much they can do between now and week one when they play Seattle in Seattle, but they got to get that figured out, Chris. Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, you got an aging quarterback. They couldn't run the ball last year, and pass protection was, uh, I would say it was the worst in football. It was pitiful. It really was. And they got no chance with Matthew Stafford if they don't give him a little time. Um, and, but they got to they gotta figure that out. And you're right. I, we don't have great expectations for that football team in general. Um the next one I think I'm going to go with here, and just because I'd want to see more, or I'm interested to see how they approach this preseason game three, but this is something that, that still needs to be worked out, is the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. You know, you know, week one didn't play. Week, or no, excuse me, week one did play, but only through three passes, and the average length of those passes was behind the line of scrimmage. 
right? So he didn't, even though it was great for the offense, I think if they, Luke Getze had it back, he'd go, damn, I wish we didn't break two 50-yard screen passes for a touchdown and we got to throw the ball a little bit more. So that's a part of the puzzle or piece of the puzzle or whatever there in Chicago that, hey, we think they'll be better running the football, but still, we know Justin Fields has to be better throwing the football within the pocket, and he hasn't got a ton of live reps doing that in the preseason. So I would think they do that a little bit here in preseason three, so he feels a little more comfortable come week one. During the Thursday night game between the Browns and the Eagles, Deshaun Watson was interviewed. He said he'd like to play a quarter of the preseason finale after the game. Coach Kevin Stefanski said he's not supposed to blurt that out. We don't know what the plan is. Look, they got to figure out what they're going to get from Deshaun Watson. Everything in Cleveland this year is riding on maximizing Deshaun Watson. And if it doesn't work, he won't be gone next year. Others will. And we talked about Billy O earlier. We've said this a few times. He's the most obvious guy that Jimmy Haslam should be thinking about bringing in if the current staff can't maximize Deshaun Watson because O'Brien has done it before in Houston. They got to get that offense figured out. They got to get Deshaun Watson figured out and be ready to go. And it'll be interesting to see how much we see him in the preseason finale as they try to get him to the point where he's ready to do the best he can as they face the Bengals, maybe without Joe Burrow to start the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's they got a chance here. And you're right. We haven't seen Watson in an extended period of time. He did... You know, look look positive, at least in that second preseason game. But, yeah, they, they need to hit the ground running in that division, like you're saying. And I'm, I'm interested to see in the formula in which they play in. A great running football team, and it just seems like they might, you know, go out of their way to be in the shotgun and throw the ball just because of that Watson contract. Um, all right. I picked two teams that were, you know, we don't expect a lot in the Panthers and Bears, or at least I don't expect them to be in a Super Bowl conversation. I'm going to pick one team that I I am going to put in the Super Bowl conversation. I know it's the preseason. I get that. But it still didn't didn't look great so far. And that's the Buffalo Bills. I I mean, I, I don't know how you can watch that game the other night in Buffalo. I don't give a crap if it's preseason or not. I don't. They couldn't protect Josh Allen. They couldn't run the football. And it was back to... Josh, make the miraculous happen, and then we'll score some points. And that's just not sustainable. And then the defense got steamrolled by Pittsburgh and didn't look that great the week before, even against Anthony Richardson and the Colts. So I'm a little concerned about their look right now. There was that one play where Josh Allen looked like he was just running desperately. He didn't look like Josh Allen. It just like was everything was falling apart. And it it just it wasn't a good look for the Buffalo no, offense. Penalties you're right. Issues, they may have yeah. some yeah. They, 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 got, they got a lot to do to get to where they're trying to get this year. Uh, last one for me, the Buccaneers quarterback situation. We don't know who the hell the starter is going to yeah, be. Right. Why don't they name a starter? I don't get it. It makes no sense. I was thinking about it yesterday. I was talking to somebody about it. It makes no sense that they just don't go ahead and name a starter. And the thinking is because last year in Seattle they waited until after the final preseason game to name Geno Smith the starter, Dave Canales was there as the quarterback's coach, that they want to do the same thing this year. They're just just make it known who your guy is and get him ready for week one and maybe get him some reps in the preseason finale. All right, quick break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition. I had to stop and think of what day it is. The PFT Library Actors.
Well, the commanders tweeted it, so I guess it's fair game to have a little fun with it. Joe Buck gesturing with his hands, leaving his hand out there a little bit too long. Josh Harris, new owner of the commanders, decided <laughs> I better shake it. And then he realized, no, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Back to the hands on the hips. Act natural. Nothing occurred. Troy Aikman trying to hold it together. Look at Troy. Troy's doing his best to hold it together after Josh Harris sees the low-hanging fruit. Now, look, if you put your hand out like that to me, eventually I'm going to do what Josh Harris did. I'm going to shake it. And maybe at that point, see, that's where the alpha dogs got to take over. You, 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 you give it a good pull. You take control. You don't say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right? Uh, he was nervous. It was funny. It really was. It was a great moment last night. They handled it well. Thanks for joining us. See you tomorrow. See ya.